Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LeBondre looking to get close side of Fon. LeBondre away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Ciao, ciao. It's me, Jacob Southcline. And you join me for another instalment. They're coming thick and fast of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast, this time for the impending Hull game on the weekend. I hope you all managed to get a breather and recover and survive Easter after our mammoth, just absolutely chaotic, hectic, all the other words, win and draw over, over, I mean, just absolutely mental scenes all around. There's a joke in there as well about Jesus surviving Easter, but we won't, we won't, we'll move on very quickly from that. I'm joined by a newly married man, Reading FC reporter Jonathan Lowe. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, good morning. Good morning to you too. How are you doing? How is married life treating you? It's all good. We're still together after nearly two weeks, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's one good thing. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's a, been a very uh, a crazy couple of weeks um, on and off the pitch, I guess. Oh, it, it's, right. it's, there's never a dull moment in the life of a Reading fan. And uh, only this morning, I was chaotically trying to battle the phone lines and get myself a ticket for the Luton game. But that's slightly further down the pipeline than this whole game we're meant to be talking about. But it's good to have you back. We've been Thank treated you. to James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle uh, three pods in a row now. He's he's completed his hat trick. Okay. Uh, but as they say, variety is the spice of life. And you have a lot, of, a lot to offer and a lot of insight to shed. So um, shall we just dive right into it? see I'll what do, we're thinking ahead of I'll do my best to spice things up yep <laughs> you always do your best we always love having you on and um yeah. we thought we'd just start then by the fact that you got dumped right back you, you you'd only just finished walking down the aisle and then all of a sudden you're treated to a Reading win at Sheffield United which I predicted by the way I'm I'm trying to bang the drum for this I called it on the podcast and I'm going to keep on mentioning it and uh, and then shortly after, you then covered that mental eight-goal thriller for all against Swansea. What were your thoughts following that game? Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, that, that was certainly one of the um, best games I've seen and probably many people have seen at uh, the uh, <coughs> at the Select Car Leasing Stadium, or Medeski Stadium, um, <laughs> you know, for, for, for many a year. And it had, had it all really had uh, lots of entertainment, lots of goals, lots of going with action and, and you know a really good game really good atmosphere fans got right into it and and you did feel that that even at 4-1 uh, you know I think probably you know some people may well have gone home but um, you know I, I did feel that there was a bit of fighting spirit left and because there was so much time to go that there was always a chance of them getting back into the game and thankfully they did, it did in the most dramatic of circumstances and and obviously like like everyone from a reading perspective it certainly felt like a win didn't it um that at full time and you know survival is, is not yet 100 percent secure but they've certainly taken a, a massive stride towards that yeah the the swansea celebration police were out in force on twitter over the bank holiday saying why are you celebrating a for all draw it's like well it wasn't just the fact that it's a draw we were three goals down it's the first time that reading have come 
from being three goals down to not lose a game in years. I think we're talking decades even. Yeah. And uh, the point itself is really, really crucial when you're talking about championship safety for next season. So I'm glad everyone lost their minds because you know there was a lot to lose your mind about. Local lads scoring the equaliser. The fact that, like you say, there was so much time on the clock for people to get excited and to dream. I put a tweet up saying, if it ends up 5-4 Reading, we might have to all go to the Purple Turtle. But we got the next best thing. So, um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, a, a real privilege, I guess, to see that from the press box. Yes, very much so, yeah. Um, as I say, it was, uh, you know, because because it, they'd made it 4-1, you know, relatively early in the second half. Um, and because of what happened at Sheffield United, you, you did feel that there was you know, something something you know, big was going to happen towards the end. Um, and, and fair play to Reading, you know, they... they they battled hard. Um, you know, I think made Swansea look pretty ordinary. I mean, I know they're, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but um, you know, certainly it matched them in, in all areas. And yeah, obviously it was, it was great to see Tom McIntyre pop up at the at the end, like he did at Sheffield United the the the, the previous Friday, um, with a really nice finish. And um, you know, long may it continue his goal scoring exploits. He's got deadly attacking positioning for a centre-back, that lad. He's always popping up in the right places. And like you say, he's got he's got a finish on him. I mean, it was, he's done it in- yeah, I spoke to him afterwards, actually, and he said it, actually. Um, he got inspiration from John Terry. Or he has John, <laughs> John Terry inspiration in terms of, uh, what was he saying? He said that um, he saw on his Instagram a few know, months or years ago um, about... John Terry scoring goals and positioning wise and, and he said kind of kind of if you're in or around the the edge of the six yard box um then that's your, sort of the, the the position that's the you get the greatest reward in uh, in terms of you know a defender scoring goals and uh, and look what he's done the last couple of games so um thank you John Terry for for uh, giving reading a, a really big boost in their survival push Hopefully that's the only advice he's taking, John Terry, especially Let's hope so, yes. an extramarital level. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't want to get sued by the Terry estate, so I'll leave it there. Um, almost as pleasing to see, other than the result itself against Swansea, were the scenes at the end of the game, because you had everyone, all the Reading players over clapping the fans. You had Ince on the pitch, slapping everyone on the back, giving them big old bear hugs. And the thought then pops into your head, Jonathan, has he earned his chance for next season? Are we finally sort of coming around en masse to the idea of him sticking around and Paul Lintz managing Reading FC next season? It's a big, big question, isn't it? And and I I still think people are quite divided. I could be wrong on that. Um, mm. Personally, I am still not 100% convinced. Um, I do feel he has made a difference and he's... Uh, done a very good job uh, in the limited time that he has had in the dugout. Um, however, I mean, you you uh, you know the, the, the each look at the last couple of games, they could easily have ended in a in a draw and a defeat, or possibly even two defeats. I know it's all, all whiffs and butts, um, and and you know those two games did show that there was a, a fighting spirit and, and a willingness to 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 get over the line. Um, but the other way of looking at it is that that uh, yeah that, that Sheffield United game, um, you know they they let slip the the lead uh, right at the death, uh, and at uh, against Swansea City they um, obviously got into a position where they were four one down and Ince mm. admitted himself after the game that he got things wrong 
in the first half. Uh, fair play to him for, you know, kind of held his hands up and um, yeah, made a few tweaks and they got back into the game. But, um, you know, the fact they got into that position in the first place is probably a concern. Um, Performances-wise overall, um, haven't been too bad. I wouldn't say they've been outstanding um, during his time in charge. Um, but, you know, he, he came in with a remit to, to get the uh, team playing football and getting results, getting points, and they've done that and they're more than likely going to stay up now. Uh, so it's job done from his perspective. Um, whether he's the right person longer term, I say I, I'm I still uh, still not quite convinced uh, he is the right man. Um, whether the, the final was it three games uh, will change yes. my mind, I don't know. Um, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, I say the most important thing is staying up, which is what they're going to do. Um, yeah, I. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm still a bit kind of jury's 60, out. 60, 40, 55, 45 mm. on him at the moment. We're going to slowly eke you up to like at least a 50-50. We'll make a believer of you yet, Jonathan. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, you, you mentioned then that, you know, we're, we're basically safe, touch wood. And um, we have the chance to do that mathematically for certain against Hull this weekend. We're two points, I believe. I've run all the abacuses and and put all the numbers into my, my big supercomputer and I think it's two points that we need and um, yeah. we're going into Hull and back in a, that's the name of the podcast we're going to be speaking to later how brilliant is that to Hull and back I wish nice. I thought of that um, we're going to Hull with the chance to, to to cement our championship status surely that's all the motivation that the players need to get a win Jonathan Yes, you think so. I guess the only danger is is a bit of complacency. They they, they, may, they may well have thought that the job is now done. Um, they may well have exerted themselves uh, after Swansea slightly too much and eaten too many Easter eggs. Uh, but let's let's hope not. Um, and yeah, I mean, all being well, that they'll they'll, you know, they'll 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 get the job done up there. Um, I like to think they will. Um, there's a little bit of me thinking, ugh, you know, it's like the Cardiff game that you thought there was a massive opportunity and then, then they blow it. Um, but yeah, confidence must be really high at the moment. Um, mm. You know, they've, they've got, you know, Lucas Shaw's playing superbly well right now. Likewise, Josh Laurent, likewise, Tom McIntyre. Um, and, and, you know, like, like most of the team. So, um, you know, I love for, uh, yeah, not had not had the best of seasons by any stretch of the imagination. So hopefully, uh, Reading should have enough to 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 get all three points. It's strange how not just the place but the team because we were saying on the post Swansea podcast. I think it was Alex Everson who described them quite fittingly as a strange team. They're a weird team because on their day they can. I suppose this is the essence of the championship. They can't beat anyone. They went on that run under the previous manager, who I thought was doing quite a good job, Grant McCann, where they beat, I think they beat Bournemouth and they beat Blackburn back to back. And then less than a month later, he was sacked. And that came about, obviously, as a change of owners. And we know how ownership politics can influence stuff on the pitch, you know, because we've seen that at Reading. But conversely, for all the disruption that they've had off the pitch this season with the change of owner, the change of manager. They've been pretty consistently down at the bottom in 19th, but not really flirted too much with relegation. When we last played them earlier in the season, 
we were both 19th and 20th. And whereas we then went on to get sort of worse, they've been consistently <laughs> bad, if you like. Um, uh, the danger men for Hull, the one that jumps out to me with nine goals and three assists, is 21-year-old attacking midfielder Keane Lewis Potter. You've got to watch those double name, like double barrel name people. They're always trouble. Um, who jumps out for you from that whole squads, Jonathan, that might pose a threat to us? I mean, yeah, probably he he is the, the main one. Um, I always remember remember him for his name, really. Um, <laughs> and not getting those, those uh, three names mixed up. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's the big one. Um, George Honeyman. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's always been a, a bit of a a tricky player that uh, uh, always it sort of impressed me when uh, I've seen them. But um, aside from that, I don't think there's, there's too many kind of um, big players that uh, Reading should be too worried about. Um, you know, like you said, that they've they've had a uh, <coughs> consistently um, you know average to poor season, but uh, you know that they've they've held their heads uh, above water and uh, they've done enough. So um, yeah, I mean, on, on their day that they can. They, they can be a match for any of the top sides in the division, but um, you probably like to think from a Reading perspective that they've, uh, you know, that they've they've done their job for the season and will be uh, thinking about where their summer holiday is going to be. So, mm. um, you know, th- that, that should hopefully weigh in, in Reading's favour. And um, I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident that, that uh, Reading will will get all three points on on Saturday. We'd love to see him do it. And then, like you say, we can just be on the beach then and start thinking about the mass exodus in the summer, which we'll get on to talking about in just a bit, if we have time. I'm, I'm, we might still go on for half an hour. You never know. <laughs> um, but um, Hull are the very definition of a team with nothing to play for because they're safe for next season, but they're not really going to have a massive improvement position-wise on where they are now. And their form is beautifully erratic. Like in the last six, they won three, lost three. So like us, they don't really do many draws. Well, we've been doing draws recently, but it's a new thing. It's a Paul Ince thing. They've uh, they've beaten Coventry, good team, Middlesbrough, another good team, and Cardiff, who beat us. So you can make your mind up as to whether they're a good team or not. And they've lost to Luton, Huddersfield and Millwall. So it's it's a mixed bag. And um, it, it, these end-of-season fixtures, as we've seen, with the four-all draw at, at the on Monday can just go either way, can't they, Jonathan? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure like, uh, uh, you know, most players are, are thinking about where, where they're going to be uh, probably in, in the, in the next few weeks and also probably where they're going to be at, um, next season as well. So yeah, it's, it's always a good time, fun time of the season, isn't it? And especially when the, there's not too much riding on the games, but mm. I guess, um, you know, from a running perspective, it keeps things interesting, even though they're not hundred percent safe. Uh, you, you want to see them over the line, and um, yeah, there's a little bit, bit, bit of me thinking that uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice if they could keep that uh, run going until the final day of the season to to make it really exciting, and, and to, so they can yeah. stay up in heroic fashion at Kenilworth Road. Well, especially when in Reading seasons previously we have faded. Other than obviously that yes. amazing run of fifteen wins in seventeen that that got us <laughs> got us promoted as champions ten years ago to the day, but but in last season, if we look at how that transpired under under Paunovic, amazing start followed by a total damn squib of a run in after Christmas. 
it would be nice to go into next season with a bit of momentum. I think we're all agreed on that. So on that note, let's get down to it. It's prediction time. I'm going to stick my neck on the line. And where I've predicted positive results in recent times, more often than not, they've come to fruition. And I'm like the the anti, anti-Kaibosh at the moment. So let's keep that going. I'm going to stick my neck on the line and predict a standard 2-1 win to Reading. I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet, uh, but I think we've got the firepower to get us over the line. What about you, Jonathan? What do you think? Nice. Um, I think I'd say I'd say something similar. I'm going to go for a few more goals. I'm going to say 3-2 to Reading. Um, Goal first, again. Yeah. I don't want to say a Lucas Shaw hat trick because I don't think it'll be a Lucas Shaw hat trick, but you never know. He's been in good form. He's, yes, he um, has. Yeah. He's, he's really shown his worth for us since he's come back from injury. And obviously, you know, he's always going to be dogged by injuries. But when he's popping up with with two goals and an assist in a four-goal thriller, you can't say much more than that. So thank you, Lucas, if you're listening. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been think, really good. He, he scored, I think, nearly, almost 40 goals, I think, in his in his time. Mm-hmm. It's basically a what he's got a one in two um, goals to game ratio uh, for Reading. And... Um, you know, it's just showing when when he's on the pitch, he's he he really has been you know really good for Reading. Yeah, it's really quite incredible to think, and and I, I don't think to this day he still gets the appreciation that he deserves, and uh, it's going to be really important to try and retain him for next season. On which now, I think we've just got enough time as a fun little teaser for you, JL. Um, we've got a question that's been floating around the ether on Twitter about, and and it's and it's oversimplifying the situation that we're in, I know, with our finances and our contract negotiations. But if you had to retain, on our limited budget, three senior players that are out of contract in the summer and keep them on the books for next year, when the rebuild is going to be starting to kick into action, who are you keeping? Because after you've got you've got experienced pros out of contract like Michael Morrison, you've got young talents out of contract like Tom Holmes, you've got an entire midfield spine of Josh Lauren and Andy Rinham Hotter, on top of the players that we want to keep around, like uh, Junior Hoyler, who's impressed this season on a free. Who are you keeping around? Because if it were down to me, I'm keeping Yeardham, Rinham Hotter, and Lauren, um, and saying a very tearful goodbye to everyone else. But if you had to, if you had to stick your neck on the line and nominate or earmark players to keep. Who are we thinking going into the last three games of the season? Cool. I've only got three, right? You've only three. got three. That's that's the tricky bit. Because in that's an fair. ideal world, we'd hand out contracts like Ron Gawley, like confetti, but we just can't do that. So, <laughs> can we can we bring back Ron Gawley then? Um... <laughs> oh no, I don't think that's a solution. Given how he's doing at West Brom, I don't think that's the solution to no, anything. Probably not. Um, I mean, I think I'd have to go with um, Tom Holmes. With Andy Rinn and Rota, and I think Josh Lawrence as well. Yeah. Um, I think because from a business point of view, I think it would be beneficial because they've all got the resale value. Um, you know, they're, they're still very much, uh, certainly with Rinn and Rota and Lawrence in the prime of their careers, home certainly coming into it. Um, you know, the certainly uh, Rinomota and uh, Holmes are sort of academy lads as well, so they they know all about the club. And Josh Lawrence has, has really tapped into that as well. Um, so yeah, I think I, I'd say those three. Are, you know, be great to keep uh, likes of Hoyler and um, 
even John Swift, but that's not going to happen now. I think we all know that. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think if I had to pick three, um, Mark McNulty coming in at a very close fourth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be Holmes, Rinomoto and Laurent. It's tough, isn't it? It's really tough because, like you say, so mm. much comes into it. Resale value, talent, ceiling, all of the above. And also what we need in our like immediate, like short to midterm as far as getting ourselves safe for next year. So it's so tough. If you guys at home have got an opinion on that, take to Twitter. There is a, a tweet that is floating around somewhere. I wish I could remember <laughs> who it was from. But um, just chip in. We'd love to hear your thoughts over on the Unpart Royals Twitter account. And um, just before we sign off then and head over to get the whole view on what's going to go down at the weekend, uh, I thought it would be rude not to mention that it's 10 years to the day, to the day, so 21st of April 2022, that um, Reading went on that just magical feeling of of finishing top of the championship and winning the league in 2011-2012. In and I can't believe it's been 10 years. Uh, I, I, you probably can't believe it either, Jonathan, but what are your favourite memories from that time? Because when I think of that day, I think of Jem Karachan fleeing hospital on his crutches with his mum and yep. with, with his crutches with the flames down the side to celebrate with Federici and the rest of the lads. And um, just fantastic memories from that time, aren't there? So many, so many great memories. And, you know, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time to to be part of uh, part of Reading um, Football Club, to be associated with Reading Football Club. And, um, you know, ha- having had that uh, that special season, 0506, you, you, you thought it would be never be repeated, but uh, although this is slightly different, um, this is still very much a, a very magical season um, uh, and culminated, obviously, in that uh, uh, ledger would strike um, late, late on against Forest. So, um, yeah, great, great, uh, great memories, lots of um, great characters in the squad as well. Um, you know, the likes of uh, Noel Hunt. Enough, Gorks, Pierce, um, Federici, everyone—you know—a really, really tight knit um, unit. Um, a lot of them are academy lads as well, which is great to see. Um, I think that that made it even more special. It made the um, you know the ability of the for the fans to identify with the players uh, a little bit more. Um, and then Brian McDermott, you had a, a really uniting figure, um, bringing in players who, who may not necessarily have. have uh, um, being you know first choice, but uh, you know looked at their characters as much as their talent and ability as much as anything, um, and uh, formed that really sort of tight knit bond. Um, mm. You know, bringing in Jason Roberts in the January window was a master stroke. Inspired signing, uh, yeah. indeed, yeah. Uh, and even you know Benikafobi, uh, he played I think one or two games towards the end. Thomas Schiffker. Um, you know, so, so, Hayden so, Mullins, Hayden Mullins as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was just a fantastic effort uh, all round, uh, on and off the field. Um, incredible run, which we'll more than likely never see again. Happier times are going to be around the corner. We just got to keep the faith, get to the end of this season, beat Hull at the weekend. We're going yeah. to be home and dry. Uh, Paul Ince, we trust. Yeah, Paul Ince's Barmy Army and all that jazz. Yep. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Jonathan. It's great to have you on again. And uh, hopefully not too long till we see you or hear you in these in these parts again. Thank you. Hopefully my camera works this time, uh, next time. Oh, yeah. To those of you at home, because you're going to be getting the audio version of this, I've just been staring at a blank or like black rectangle for the for the last 20 minutes. So, uh, But that's all right. 
I, I, hearing your voice is is a wonderful gift in its in of itself. So Excellent. Thank Likewise. You, uh, after the break, because we are going to have a break, we're going to be talking to the wonderfully named To Hull and Back podcast with Nathaniel Whittingham. Stay tuned for that. And uh, shout out Blue Collar Food as well. Hopefully you're enjoying the sun over there. I'm a bit jealous that I'm not there with a pint in hand. But thanks for sponsoring us, Blue Collar. See you after the break. Hello, you're back after the break. The break is over. Put down whatever you were doing before the break. It's finished. Step away from the kettle. I'm now joined by Nathaniel Whittingham, wonderful name, from uh, the equally wonderfully named, if not better named, sorry, Nathaniel, to Hullenbach. If we had like a, a league table of guest podcasts that we host on the Park Royals preview, I reckon to Hullenbach would be in like promotion territory. That's a really good name. For well, a that's good to hear. I, I, I did not come up with it myself, unfortunately. I cannot yes. take any credit. See, you could have claimed that that was all down nah, to you, I'm sorry. and I would have believed you. You know, and then your presumably your fellow panelists would then have like sued you and threatened them. Yes, I would have been again. kicked off. <laughs> and we don't want to. We don't want to get you into any like legal disputes here on the Unpart Royals podcast. So uh, let's get away from legal matters and onto footballing matters because uh, many of you at home will have noticed that we're due to play the Mighty Tigers up at. What's it called nowadays? Is it the, the KC Stadium? The uh, it is the KC, isn't it? It's the MKM. The MKM. The MK- now. Well, similarly, we've had a bit of a rebrand. We're not the Medeski mm. Stadium anymore. We're the Select. People Carly still Stadium call it Stadium. the KC. Oh, people yeah. still call it the Mad Stad or the Stad do Mad in my family. Mm. Um, so we're going up there to play you guys who don't really have anything left to play for. You've assured mm-hmm. your championship credentials for another season. We are on the cusp of doing the same. We need two points and then we're mathematically clear as well. So no B for anything, but we're hoping to do it against you guys. Last time we played you in December, things weren't so different because we were also hanging out at the arse end of the table. I think we were 20th and I think you might have been 19th. I think you we've in- been 19th an awful lot this season. <laughs> Has that been like a recurring thing? Well, well I, I hope that's when we finish as well, because that's what I predicted at the start of the season. But yeah, when we played you, we'd just won four on the bounce and we'd gone <sighs> from uh, a terrible run of form. And then we went to up to 19th. And that's pretty much where we've been since December. Or well, maybe 18th every now and again, maybe 20th. <laughs> like- but I don't like being 18th. I've grown so attached to 19th. I just, I'd rather finish there. It's like Reading will occasionally have a flirtation with being somewhere that isn't 21st, but yes. we are mainly 21st this season. And honestly, you asked the majority of fans, they would have ripped your arm off for that with the way things were going midway through mm-hmm. the year. So, so we were battling against relegation back then. We have either successfully or ongoing battling against relegation now. Obviously, the the talking point for Reading fans in that game was the fact that Academy product Tom Holmes, a centre-back, got his first goal mm-hmm. for the club. And it was a one-all draw with plenty of penalty shouts for the home side. Um, mm-hmm. Were you at that game? What were your feelings coming away from that game? Do you think it was a hard-earned point in the end? or? Well, I mean, we, we scored, I think, was it two disallowed goals? And then, of course, there were um, maybe two or three at, at least... At the bare minimum, one penalty Reading should have had. So I feel like we were unlucky not to score more, but we were also lucky to get a point. 
So, I mean, I think, you know, you, you've always got to respect the away draw. It kept the um, unbeaten run going. And, uh, you know, it would have been better to beat a, a relegation rival at the time, but uh, we were still on the up at that point. And, um, you know, we've not been in the relegation zone since then. So I think that was a, a decent draw to keep the unbeaten run going. But, uh, yeah, we there was the handball against uh, Dijon Bernard, which definitely mm. should have been given. Uh, and then we would have lost the game. So I'm glad it wasn't given, but it was, you know, it was the wrong decision. These championship referees, man. I mean, we could do an entire oh, separate awful. podcast about just how bad the officiating has been, not just this season, but for a few years now. Yeah, I mean, but then the only other option really is VAR and no one likes <laughs> VAR. So what do you do? No. I reckon we just rip it all up and start again. And we go back to how it was back in the good old days of playing with a pig's bladder, where there <laughs> are no rules and we have to run it between villages. We have to run the ball separately between yes. Reading and Hull. And I think mm. we should start that this weekend. Um, obviously, the, the other the, let's let's do it. I mean, I I can barely run to the end of my road, let alone up to the Yorkshire. So you know, I, I will not be participating. But let's um, move on very quickly before we talk any more about pigs' bladders to uh, yes. another talking point from the reverse fixture, which was of course Grant McCann, who was mm-hmm. your manager for the best part of three years, I believe. Uh, oh yeah, two and a half. Yeah, yeah, which is a very long time for a manager nowadays. I was going to say, as, as far as a shelf life for a manager in any division is concerned, three years is pretty good going. I seem yeah. to say it every week, but Reading managers don't seem to last more than two years. So, mm. Grant McCann, who got you promoted last season in first place from League One and straight back up again at the first time of asking, he lasted maybe, staggered on for maybe a month longer before being replaced by your new managers. And yeah, th- th- presumably that's that's had some sort of an impact on your season. Mm, I mean, yeah, I, I still don't know what to think about the new manager. And although it's been a few months since McCann left, I still don't really know whether you know he was a good manager or not at this level because he, he took us down with one of the worst runs in EFL history, uh, six points from a possible sixty-six, which is just you know nowhere near you know, even bad enough in a way. Like that's not even an acceptable level of terrible. <laughs> um, but then he, he did extremely well to take us back up and we thought we'd finish uh, around where we are now, but uh, we were in the relegation zone for an awful long time. And uh, if he hadn't had the injuries he had and had to been forced into changing to 3-5-2, uh, he would have been sacked rather than... Uh, by the new uh, owner. He would have been sacked uh, a while ago. Um, he should really have been sacked before we changed formation. And that's exactly when we, we played Reading, really. We just changed the 3-5-2 then. Um, but he did uh, change formation and he, he stuck with that and that was working. We got a lot of results. And then I think a lot of City fans were very disappointed when he left because he'd you know got us out of the relegation zone. We were, you know, teetering on sort of playoff form since we changed formation. Um, but I think he was always going to go, no matter whether he'd won five on in a row or lost five in a row when the new owner came in, because the new owner wanted a new manager to, you know, instill their own vision with the club. And that has worked. But, I mean, the new manager, Shota Arvaladza, likes 4-3-3. Three, 
for, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he likes four three three like McCann did, but even he has stuck with three five two, even though we the fullbacks who were injured uh, back in December November time they're back now. So I think that shows that uh, Arvaladza is sort of doing well, kind of piggybacking on what McCann found with that change in mm. formation, even though that's not his preferred uh, tactical system. So. Uh, I think, you know, certainly away from home, we've improved a lot uh, under Arvalads, and that's where we've got the results which have kept us up in the end. Um, but really, we'll see whether he's a good manager next season when he's able to bring in his own players over the summer and have the season you know, to himself. Because really, it does feel like he's inherited a squad and an ethos from McCann. Yeah, there's always that period of transition in between managers where, mm-hmm. like you say, they're making use of what they've already got at the club. And on that note, then, you, you, you've said that the owners are also hoping to... They've already brought in their preferred manager and are now potentially going to move on to bringing in their preferred players to, to mm-hmm. suit this the style. Are you optimistic for next season then? Because... Really, I mean, you've you've survived relegation back to League One straight away, which presumably was like the bare minimum for you guys coming into this season. Now, do you think you're going to be able to kick on with him realistically? Like, what's the mood now that there's three games left of this season and we're approaching the next? Well, I think the mood is a whole lot better now that it, it's been officially confirmed we're staying up and we actually won a home game for once. Because we hadn't, uh, we'd scored one goal in six and lost all six at home recently. Um, so I, I think there will be a big. Um, over the last few years, the last few summers, we have signed about six to ten players every summer because so many leave because they all leave for free, and that will sort of happen again in the summer. But for once, it's a, a, we'll probably be spending money on. On, on good players rather than replacing them with worse players, which is why we ended up getting relegated. So there is real optimism. I think it's a bit far to say that we'll become promotion candidates immediately next season. Uh, there is a very good young uh, core, a, a young core of players, and that will improve next season as well. Uh, but you know, money doesn't go as far as it used to. Uh, we can spend a bit more than we used to, but really it, it's so difficult to get promoted nowadays because of the parachute payments so mm. uh if we can just finish top half and maybe try and get into the playoffs and then maybe the next season we really go for it like a lot of people have drawn comparisons with the wolves how they would bring in a lot of portuguese players and we might do the same with turkey um but wolves didn't go up the first season with their new owners they did it the second season, so we might have to do a model like that. Um, but, you know, after the, the last few years with the Lambs and all the misery we've had to endure, um, then I think we'd take just a positive top half finish. Uh, we're not that expectant, but uh, we do expect things to get better. Yeah, it, it sounds like you guys aren't getting carried away and expecting too no, much. You too can't soon. really. We are nineteenth yeah. at the moment, and we have the <laughs> we, we have the third uh, most expense no third least expensive squad in the division. Uh, so it's going to take a while for you know, uh, and maybe a few transfer windows to get that squad 
uh, into a position to be a promotion contender. Yeah, you mentioned as well the fact that in the past, with you letting players go for free, that's something which Reading fans will also be familiar mm. with because letting the player go is one thing, but when they're of a certain calibre, such as Omar Richards was for us, to let him go for nothing, that's money that can yes. be reinvested into the playing squad. And it means that you are stagnant, or like you say, worst case scenario, you replace them with somebody worse, and then the decline begins. And I remember mm. you guys obviously had players on your roster at one point, such as Jared Bowen, who obviously is tearing it up at the moment in mm-hmm. the Europa League with with West Ham. And and you know when those players either go don't go for the money that they bought to or for nothing, it's it, it sours the mood in 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 the supporters like. But amongst them as well, so so yeah, it's, it sounds like something is brewing then in Yorkshire, and, and hopefully, hopefully, you don't diddle us at the weekend because we'd quite like to stay up next season and play you mm. again next season. So on yeah. that note, you I think you are going to stay up. The the three teams <laughs> at the bottom are so dire this season. I mean, Peterborough, you know, with McCann now, they've won their last two. So out of any of the well, out of Barnsley or Peterborough, they might be the team to stay up, but. You're staying up. You're definitely staying up. You yeah, score I mean, too many goals. Yeah, well, we, yes, we, the defence is bad, but you score too many goals. To, you'll get the two points, I think. Well, that's a, if, if we, like you say, even the most pessimistic Reading fan, I think, mm. now would say that we're pretty much there. I mean, it would take an absolute miracle or a very mm. cruel twist of fate now for us to to slip beneath the dotted line and and it's funny because we were saying earlier when we're talking about the reverse fixture in December our league position let's not forget that the three teams in the relegation zone back then are the three teams in the relegation now which is now well indeed because usually there's a bit more of a fluctuation but Mm -hmm. you know with Derby confirmed going down it's and with only two spots to play we'd like to see it stitched up against you guys and when you're looking at that Reading team for the weekend <laughs> well no but you know in the spirit of friendly competition yes. um, so um, you're looking at the Reading lineup, and what are you thinking as far as Danger Men are concerned are, are there any players in particular that worry you or that you've had a bad experience with in the past that you, you don't want to see do well again what are your thoughts this is very disrespectful, but if Hull want to sign a, a striker for big money, which has been promised in the summer, I wouldn't look any further than Lucas Zhao, because mm. since he's gone back into the Reading side, you've done a whole lot better. So he looks, you know, he, he scored, what, three and three now, or four in a row or something like that. So he's clearly a danger. And then, uh, is it Jonathan Swift? Uh, he's yeah, I c- one of the I best him, midfielders in the league, isn't he? That's it. I mean, I call him Jonathan to be endearing, but realistically, he probably is a John. His family probably yeah. call him John, um, unless he's in trouble, in which case he's a Jonathan. So. Oh, I see. But yeah, I mean, th- those two players, uh, you know, it- it's amazing that with attacking talent like that in, in your side, that you're as low as you are, because they're mm. both very good players. But I know Zhao's been injured, so perhaps if you'd had him the whole season, you wouldn't you wouldn't be in the position you are. Um, but, I mean, of course, I mean, Tom Ince is a bit of a championship, you know, maestro sometimes, and I don't know how well he's played with Reading. Um, but, you know, of course, well, he's a former Hull player, and he's already yes, scored against us this season for Stoke. So um, maybe that will happen again. It's, 
always the former players, man. Oh, it it's is. Always the former players. I hate them. And the issue is with clubs that let players go for free all the time, there's more There's more of them to score. Yeah. They're yeah, more likely to show up. Absolute legions and legions of former mm. Royals have gone on to inflict his pain in the past. So, But with Ince, he's definitely injected a spark. Um, mm-hmm. A majority of Rennie fans are in agreement that he's been an excellent acquisition, even though there's, you know, the shenanigans with the manager being his dad. But he's certainly earning his spot on on the team sheet currently. And you're spot on about Zhao as well, because injuries aside, his goal contributions per minute for us are amazing. He got mm. another two goals and an assist at the weekend in that mad four-all draw. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and hopefully he can, for well, hopefully from a running perspective, he can add to that tally up north at the weekend. So, we talked about Reading. Let's very quickly talk about Hull's danger men because when I think Hull, I think the likes of Malik Wilkes. Uh, I'm looking at your lineup from when you lost 2-1 to, to Millwall last time out. And uh, Ben mm-hmm. Honeyman, I know he got a uh, FIFA Team of the Season card last year. Um, so who are your who are the players that Reading should be looking out for at the weekend then Nathaniel? Well, I mean Wilkes hasn't played for ages. I think he's been linked with Birmingham now. Um oh, there you go. so la- last season he's been a very big flop this season. Uh last season he was great, but he's not been in the team. And then Honeyman hasn't really contributed uh, or goals and assists recently. He was doing better uh in December time when we last played you, but it's Lewis Potter, really. He's the danger mm. man. Uh, we'd be very lucky to keep hold of him in the summer. He's probably going to go to Brentford or someone like that. Um, but then hopefully, unlike Bowen, we would be able to use that money uh, wisely. Um, but yeah, Lewis potter has uh, he's got 10 goals in all competitions, I think, this season. Uh, and no one else is really... Uh, Goal scoring wise, uh, we are one of the lowest goal scorers in the league. No one else has really chipped in a huge amount. So, Lewis Potter, and then uh, if he plays, uh, unlike against Millwall, uh, Fleming at left wing back is also a really great attacking talent. Um, Lewis Potter and Fleming on that left side, uh, you know, one of the best left sides in the championship, really, because uh, Fleming's been in the team of the week an awful lot, and Lewis Potter's a very good young attacking talent. So, Really? Those two, I guess. Okay, so Potter is already starting to worry me from what mm. you've been telling me there. Uh, it shows my utter ignorance, the fact that I had no idea that Malik Wilkes was frozen out as much oh, yeah. as he was. Well, but... He was a weekly topic as, as to whether we should drop him, uh, you know, when he was playing before his injury in about January. And it got really tiresome because we'd say the same thing, that he's got so much talent but just doesn't use it properly. Mm. It sounds uh, a bit like, and I might be being really harsh on Avi Ajari here, but Ajari is another player that has bags and bags and bags of talent. You see it every time he's on the ball, but just hasn't been able to apply it this this season. I mean, he's had he's been out with like COVID isolation and whatnot, but he's another one that you're like, oh, if only. So I can definitely relate. Um, let's mm-hmm. quickly wrap it up then, and let's both put our money on the table and talk about score predictions. Because in terms of the the history of the fixture i think in our last five encounters you've come away with wins i think in two or three of those and we've only beaten you once in our last five so mm-hmm. you've definitely got the wind in your sails do you expect to get a win against reading on the weekend 
Well, I mean, our waveform had been so great up until the Millwall game, and then we beat Cardiff at home. So we're hoping that the home and away form has switched now to what you'd expect and that we could get another three points on Saturday. But uh, we were really sort of, we shouldn't be. They say we're an attacking team, but really we're quite defensive. Uh, and then I see that Reading has scored an awful lot. So uh, I don't really know. It could go either way. It's difficult to predict these end of uh, season games because, you know, you got that 4-4, which probably yeah. wouldn't have been the case if, you know, maybe the teams had more to play for or were closer to going up or down, really. Because um, Reading, as I said, you are safe. You, you sh- should be able to celebrate, but uh, let I, th- I think Hull. I think Hull have uh, improved at home, so I'll go two one. That's quite safe, I think. I think I'm going to go for the reverse then, just to mm-hmm. just to liven it up. I'm going to. It wouldn't be unlikely. So, well, no, and, and also like you say, could go either way because we're at that stage of the season now. I'm going to back Reading to get the job done at your place and hopefully mm-hmm. come away with a two one win and send the away support into raptures with any yeah. luck. But. Well, it's, it's good to be uh, optimistic. Indeed, and, and it's the penultimate away game of the season for us too, so hopefully we're going to get uh, a, a few a few laurels up there like in their mm-hmm. numbers. So, um, But I just want to then close out, Nathaniel, by saying thank you so much for coming on this week. And uh, hopefully, barring a total collapse now, we'll run into you again next season when mm. Reading play Hull. And I want to thank the listeners at home too for making it to the end of yet another Elm Park Royals preview podcast. Uh, Paul and the gang will be back after the game to dissect all the fallout. It's probably going to be another eight-goal thriller the rate we're going. You never know. Join us next time. This has been Jacob Southcline and Nathaniel Whittingham. And Jonathan Lowe was on earlier. Let's not forget him. Take care. Goodbye.